Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Two more murders, 15 miles away. Arrived, they found the telephone and electricity line. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. murdered. Sometimes a killer's timeline is hard to nail down. Victims aren't connected or not found in time for evidence to be pulled, and a murderer stays tight-lipped. On August 30th, 1955, Dean Philip Carter was born. And while I'm about to tell you the story of his spree killing, it needs to be said that his timeline and some of his details are anything but concrete. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Dean Philip Carter was born the illegitimate son of a woman in Nome, Alaska. He was adopted by a well-intentioned former police and fire chief who married his mother. The couple, according to some reports, were abusive alcoholics who set Dean on the wrong path. When he was 12 years old, he was declared a delinquent child and committed to a youth camp that he attempted to run away from three times. By the time he was 14, he was a well-known burglar and spent time in and out of prison. He was released in 1979, which was around the time he met and married a woman and she gave birth to their twin sons. In the 1980s, he became a freelance cameraman in Seattle, worked for an Alaskan TV network, and even helped to create an award-winning documentary on the Eskimo culture. He moved to California in the spring of 1984 after his marriage failed. 
He wanted a clean start and a chance for a new job opportunity. While working as a deckhand in San Diego, he met and started dating a woman named Susan Loyland and visited her house on several occasions. This is where he met her 45-year-old roommate. He would go on to rape Susan's roommate on March 25, 1984. After the sexual assault, he tied her up, stole some money, and left. On March 29, 1984, a Ventura woman was woken up shortly after midnight by the sound of someone entering her apartment through a window. When she sat up to check on the sound, she was met by a masked man holding a butcher knife in her doorway. Despite the bandana tied on his face, she recognized him as Dean Carter, who was an acquaintance of her roommate. For more than five hours, Dean forced the woman to have sex with him three times and then vaginally raped her once. Twice, he choked her into unconsciousness. She tried to escape and scream for help to no avail. Finally, she took hold of his face and spoke to him kindly to try and keep him off balance. After the final sexual assault, she hugged Dean and told him he was beautiful, got up, and casually dressed for work. All of this worked because Dean Carter left her home and she survived the traumatic evening. She phoned the police immediately, but Dean was already missing. Just three days later, while at a singles bar in Lafayette, Dean Carter met 36-year-old Tak Kum Kim. The two started up a conversation and were seen several times the following week. On April 12th, after failing to show up for work, Kim's supervisor sent police to her apartment. They found her body sprawled on the bedroom floor, having been strangled. Her body was too decomposed to determine if she had been raped. Dean Carter, once again, was nowhere to be found. He had taken Kim's car to Los Angeles, where he met Gillette Mills, Susan Knoll, and Bonnie Guthrie. Gillette and Susan were roommates, and during his time in Santa Monica, Dean and Susan dated briefly before she broke it off because she found him strange. From what police were able to piece together, Dean Carter drove to the apartment that the girls shared on April 10th. Susan Knoll was alone at the time, and while things initially started off friendly, Dean raped and killed Susan. It is believed that Gillette interrupted the murder and she too was killed. The next day, Gillette's brother and friend came looking for the girls at the apartment. What they found was the bodies of two women, one on top of the other, in the bedroom closet. That same day, Dean headed to the home of Bonnie Guthrie under the guise of her making him a sweater. Bonnie's apartment manager entered her unit to make some repairs and thought the woman was sleeping, so he left. The next day, he came back and realized the woman who had not moved was dead. She was, like the other women, raped and strangled. In Gillette's stolen car, Dean headed to the home of Jeanette Cullens on April 12th. Jeanette was dropped off by a friend at around 11 p.m., and later that night, neighbors heard loud voices in the woman's apartment. Jeanette's body was later found, having been strangled and left on the floor of the bedroom closet. On April 13th, a camera at an ATM caught Dean Carter emptying Jeanette's bank account before driving to Las Vegas, spending a couple days there, and then driving to Arizona. On April 17th, after reports of an erratic driver, an Arizona Highway Patrolman pulled over Dean Carter without realizing he was the murder suspect. He was arrested and inside the stolen vehicle were items belonging to all of his victims. He was brought to trial, but it was anything but straightforward. 
In November of 1984, he was convicted of the rape of one of his surviving victims, though he claimed it was consensual and was sentenced to 54 years. The other legal proceedings moved more slowly. In the trial for the murder of Mills, Knoll, and Guthrie, which lasted for weeks, he was finally convicted of three murders and two rapes and sentenced to death. He still faces the trial for the murder of Cullens and the rape of the woman in San Diego. Prosecution in the Kim murder is still pending. He is also a suspect in the Green River murders, as well as a string of rapes in the Seattle area and sexual attacks in Honolulu, though he is yet to be convicted of anything. Dean Carter spends his days on death row trying to inform the world about the justice system on his website, Dead Man Talkin'. He remains steadfast in his absolute innocence. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on August 31st. Don't forget to write and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.